This is the Talking Asset Management with KPMG podcast. And today, we're talking about what defines a smart building and how you create a competitive advantage while ensuring appropriate security measures are in place when capturing data signals for real estate. Hello and welcome to another of our podcast series on the impact of data strategy and innovation in real estate. This is a follow-up to our recent data strategy survey, which is available on our real estate industry page on our KPMG website. I am Phil Mara, U.S. real estate funds leader and a partner at KPMG. Today, we're going to hear from some leading specialists in smart building technology and cybersecurity to learn exactly what a smart building is and how to create a competitive advantage and ensure you have the appropriate security when you're capturing data signals for real estate. With me today is Greg Corliss, a principal in our emerging technology practice here at KPMG. Welcome, Greg. Great. Thanks, Phil. I, you know, really happy to be here. Look forward to the conversation. Also joining us today is Jason Howard Grau, uh, a managing director here in KPMG's cybersecurity services. Hi, Phil. Hey, Greg. Delighted to be here today. Uh, Greg, how I want to start is to maybe uh, give everybody an understanding of what a smart building is. It may seem straightforward, but I know there's a lot of new and innovative technologies out there that are now part of the smart building uh, tech vernacular. Yeah, absolutely, Phil. I'll give you a kind of a at least my my quick rendition of of uh, you know smart building, or you know we also call it kind of the building of the future. Um, when I th- talk about a smart building, we're really looking at the emerging technologies that are really going to drive efficiency into that property. Um, if I start thinking about some of the different use cases that we can enable in the facility, uh, all the way from uh, you know facial recognition, from identifying individuals that are allowed to access the property, um, sanitization, obviously in the in the era of COVID. Uh, sanitization has become a, a big um, element in in the return to workforce, making sure that uh, you know each room is either um, sanitized on a regular basis once people have been occupying that space, uh, and just provide that tracking. But we also get into uh, you know your building um, functions, right? So I start thinking about the building as its own persona. You know, how do I look at the HVAC systems that are uh, either chilling or heating my property? Um, are they operation operating at a much more uh, or an ineffective way? Um, can I identify potential early warnings of failures in that uh, those HVAC or, or chiller systems so I can actually um, you know dispatch text to make sure they're addressing and and keeping the facility in in tip top shape. So we're really looking at how do we deploy IoT sensors and devices across the property that generate data that I can consume into a platform, and it gives me a full view of, of that facility itself. And it's not just about the building, it's also about the, you know, the employee or the clients, or the, the, the customers that are accessing that facility as well. You know, how can I leverage some of these technologies to improve that experience? Um, if you look at uh, a lot of the hospitality sectors, they're looking at, uh, you know, how do they differentiate um, their facilities uh, to, you know, customers that are, you know, have options, right? So they're looking at deploying different technologies that really improve that guest experience, either from you know seamless check-in um, at the front desk, or to voice-controlled uh, smart lighting or uh, um, temperature controls in, in the room itself, right? So all these different types of technologies that really help to turn a property from basically a 
know, kind of in, in, inanimate object into a fully digital um, property going forward. So there's a lot of advancements in these technologies that are really exciting. Um, that's really going to help drive, enable, uh, you know, that building of the future for uh, owners, operators, and, uh, you know, the you know, tenants of those properties going forward. So really exciting times when we look at the technologies available. Greg, thanks for that overview of smart building. It's really interesting to see how far technology has advanced. And you can see that uh, property managers and owners can uh, use these smart technologies to really improve customer experience and increase uh, uh, their own value uh, as it relates to their properties. You know, one of the things that we saw in our recent survey, only 25% of the respondents say that they're sharing building data with their tenants. Can you give us a little bit of an overview on your insights on how implementing smart systems can improve the value to your customers, your clients, your tenants, your owners? Greg, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, thanks, Phil. Um, when I started thinking about the the, um, the survey, the results that were actually came out in the study, it was really interesting to see a different perspective uh, from the owners and operators of, of those properties. Um, in the post-COVID uh, era, I think we're starting to see that um, tenants are going to become more picky um, on, and they're going to have higher expectations of the properties that they start to inhabit. They're, they're already looking at how do they look at uh, their future uh, uh, real estate footprint. Um, and I think owners and operators are going to have to start making sure as they're to either retain current tenants or attract new tenants. They're going to need to start to differentiate their properties going forward. And that's, again, deploying some of those technologies I'd mentioned earlier, anywhere from you know smart lighting controls to air quality, sanitization controls, et cetera. And I think you know all the different sensors and devices that you're going to deploy they're generating massive amounts of data, right? You need to be able to aggregate those data into, you know, a singleized repository and be able to report out on those uh, to your business and provide that additional insights back to your tenants. Um, even though it might feel like a little bit painful for uh, owners and operators to share that information, uh, the better insights that you're able to provide into uh, the property itself is just going to add more value to to those tenants and also to the communities around it. But I start thinking about uh, ESG, uh, the environmental, social, and corporate governance part of the equation. Um, you know, tenants in your buildings are going to start having commitments to their sustainability goals, and for them to be able to articulate um, their ability to meet those goals, they're going to have, have to have access to this data. So I think um, you know, building owners and management companies should be looking at how do I at least make a dashboard available uh, to my to my tenants so they can actually have better insights and even interact with the building itself. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for owners and operators operators to differentiate their properties and really uh, kind of move the needle in the in the smart building area. Greg, I fully agree. Uh, now is the time for companies to really think about gathering those data signals and collecting them from their buildings. You know, one of the one of the interesting findings that came out of the survey was that many real estate organizations are concerned about the data that they capture and the data privacy around that data. Jason, you know, I, I'm going to segue to you here because you know I, we obviously recognize that there's a lot of information that can be obtained from smart buildings. But I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the big issues that real estate owners and managers should be thinking about 
when it comes to data privacy? Great question. Really interesting. Kind of, it's a, it's a, it's evolving rapidly. This field for probably a couple of reasons, uh, and you hit the first one, which is the one that most of us are concerned about, which is data privacy. Um, over the course of the last couple of years, we've seen an, an explosion in regulation from GDPR to the California Consumer Privacy Act, and there's a general sense of concern that not only will a, a landlord or maybe a subtenant or a tenant be able to actually track certain identifiable information that relates to you as a person there's always going to be a potential for that to be tied back. Um, and I think from a practical perspective, most organizations don't tend to think about what they need. They tend to focus on what they want. Um, and that's normally everything. So you kind of have this magical thing of let's collect all the information that we possibly can. Uh, and I'm a, I'm a cynical person because I work in cyber and I don't make any apologies for that because the, the mantra always starts with to err is human, uh, to, to create hacking opportunities required a connected system. And what we're seeing is more and more of those connected systems by having all this data in one place, by being able to identify potential individuals within that data, you're actually in a situation where you need to stop and understand whether or not you need that information, whether that information is something that can be tied to an individual, let's say a desk location, or you're tracking a, a mobile device uh, that a person uses to gain entry and exit to the building. I had a situation recently, I was talking to a, to a client who's in the hospitality industry, um, they use a smart app to allow you to lock and unlock your door, which is a brilliant innovation. It means that you don't need to check in anymore. You can just download your digital key and off you go. But what if your phone's compromised? What if the device itself is compromised? And what about the data that you store about that specific individual in that specific room as they come and go? So there are implications now starting to kind of come to the fore around, well, how do I protect that data more effectively? And the, the fundamental that I keep going back to most of our clients about, and certainly my experience in the industry has said the same thing, if you design it properly at the beginning, it's a lot easier to build on that design than it is to have to retrofit security in after the fact. And unfortunately, often what we see is something goes wrong and we have to retrofit security. So a couple of thoughts there just to kind of to throw in. Greg, happy to get your views too. Yeah, I think one of the big thing is when you start thinking about the smart building technologies, it, it's not just about the business value and the value you're going to provide to you know people occupying that facility. But you know, to Jason's point, cybersecurity is is a huge requirement here, and I think often people do think of it as an afterthought, um, and they definitely shouldn't be. Um, I think uh, you know as you're looking at starting to adopt smart building technologies, uh, security's got to be top of mind. And you really need to be thinking about how do I, to your point, Jason, is how do I make sure that I'm designing a solution and an experience that's also integrating cybersecurity controls and privacy controls into, uh, into the actual fabric of, of the smart building itself. Um, so, yeah, it, it's definitely an, an area that um, uh, you know, people absolutely need to be thinking, thinking on the forefront and not as an afterthought. Yeah, totally agree, Greg. Thanks for that. I think the interesting thing is that you can track an individual's now. And one of the one of the conversations I had with a, a colleague of mine in law enforcement recently was that if you're if you're in the UK in London, you are more likely to be captured on a camera um, to the tune of three to five hundred times per day. Uh, now that all sounds you know, pretty big brotherish, and and to be fair, to a degree, it probably is. But uh, most of us are concerned about well, who has access to that information. How, am I, how can I assure that that information, if it can potentially identify me, and what we're also starting to see far more is facial recognition is being used 
and it's a much cooler technology to enable you to access parts of uh, of restricted areas within buildings, for example, let's say a server room or similar, but it's also it's also something that digitally identifies me and its personal information that is relatable to me. Um, in my last life or two, we used biometric information from fingerprints to enable you to gain access to secure locations. Now the situation is emerging that you've got to ask the question, well, where is that data stored? Traditionally, it used to be stored um, in a very secure environment, isolated from everything else. And you know, the building system used to be managed in a, in a very isolated fashion. What we're now starting to see is that with the, the advent of IIoT and this great thirst for data, because you can do a ton with it, I want to know how many people are on every floor. I want to know when, you know, when there's going to be a requirement for more cooling or, or less or, or more heating. I want to be able to identify that, which means I'm going to need to understand who's there. And when they're there, and that patterns and that information can be drawn down and put into a great single data mart or a data lake for me to leverage. And that's fantastic. That drives huge business value. But here's the, here's the trade-off with cyber. From a cyber perspective, you've got to stop and think a little bit about saying, well, who can access that information? What would happen if that information was, was lost or leaked? Because unfortunately, we are in the, in the world where you are going to be attacked. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. And every organization that I've spent time with over the last 20 years has had the same challenge of they think about the when after the fact. And inevitably, it's a scramble to try and figure out, well, what data has gone missing? What information and insight is there? Is there information that relates to my personal, my biometric data? And with the increase in third-party leveraging and the, the breakdown of the barriers between the traditional building systems that were isolated uh, and the internet itself uh, and the supply base that goes with it, there are a number of new attack vectors that will be exploited if they haven't been already, and they're going to be leveraged in a way. So you're going to have to design good security in. And you're also going to design monitoring it, which means who watches what's happening with that data, who keeps an eye on it, who makes sure it isn't being taken out in a way that it shouldn't be, Who's, who makes sure that the third parties that are managing the HVAC system, for example, um, are only accessing the components that they should access. All those things need to be built in and designed up front, ideally, but if they haven't been, at least defined in a way that you can control the flow of data and ultimately manage your risk. The more data you've got, you get great reward. But ultimately, from a cyber perspective, this is all about managing your risk. Now, Jason, that, that, I think that's great because, as we all know, um, in the world of data, there is uh, great opportunity for great rewards, but they don't come without risks. Greg, I'd just like to have your final thought about what are the best opportunities out there for our real estate owners and operators on gathering this data and creating a smart building, and what can they do with that information that could be worthwhile to take on these risks, put management and governance around those risks to deliver value through the data? Yeah, I think I've touched on a few of those um, just in my, my earlier commentary. But yeah, absolutely. When we think about the data, you know, we're, we're talking about massive amounts of data that could be generated. Um, all, you know, obviously depends on which devices and sensors you deploy. But I think it always comes back to is, is how do I leverage that to improve either my, you know, tenant experience, uh, my guest experience, or how do I leverage that data to actually drive more operational efficiency? And some of that comes into, if I'm able to better understand and control my lighting systems and my HVAC systems, you know, how do I take that data and actually 
calculate a carbon emissions for my for my facility itself. Yeah, so if I if I'm uh, if I'm taking the data from all these different sensors and trying to calculate my carbon footprint for my particular property, I can leverage that information and actually be able to provide that information to my tenants so they can actually include that in their own carbon emissions reporting process. So if I got it, Greg, it's all about using the data to make better decisions, to, to create a better environment, make your customers happy, and hopefully in uh, vain, um, our real estate owners and managers will make a little bit more money. I got it. Greg, Jason, thank you for joining me. This has been a really engaging conversation. Uh, please plan to join us in our future episodes of our Real Estate Data Management Series podcast. As a reminder, a copy of our data management survey is available on the KPMG website on our real estate industry page, and a link is also provided in the description of this podcast. Thanks again for listening. This is Phil Mara. Thank you for listening to Talking Asset Management with KPMG. For more information, please visit read.kpmg.us forward slash talking dash asset dash management. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes.